Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get the show out there. Share this with your friends, whoever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content, you can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media, at Longhorn Pod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic, or shoot us an email, Pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who was also once known as General Booty, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Like, I can't tell you. <laughs> How much I laughed at, at this, <laughs> like, uh, and then I, I had the the existential threat of how deep do I go? How many how many nuggets do I say for the Texas pregame, or how deep do I go on the uh, the secretary of the posterior, um, the the commander in cheeks? <laughs> yeah, of course, the rear admiral, uh, Herr Heine. <laughs> this is uh, 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 I don't know. Like, basically, his name though is also about redistribution of of pirate wealth, right? He's stealing from the one percent of pirates. So there's some Bernie Sanders jokes. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> d- 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 not just the collective general booty. Anyways, Gerald, what do you think of uh, of of the new Tukas behind center at uh, for, for for the Sooners? Does he call his offensive line the Joint Cheeks of Staff? <laughs> yeah, he does. He absolutely <laughs> I, does. I had one good one. Uh, no, so. Uh, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, OU signed what feels like their seventh transfer quarterback of this offseason, uh, General Booty, who we still have beef with the Booty family, uh, but that's either here nor there, signed with the OU Sooners out of a junior college uh, in Texas, actually, to be, uh, I don't know, maybe the third guy, maybe the first guy. Who knows what they have in that quarterback room? Apparently, they still need the depth, but we're not here to talk about those dirty dirt burglars and their quarterbacks. We're here to talk about Texas having a bye week heading into the Big 12 baseball tournament. A lot happened, though, on campus, track, rowing. Big, it was a championship weekend, mm-hmm. golden weekend on the 40 acres. A lot of conference titles came home to roost. We're doing one show this week because, well, Kyle and I have life stuff going on, so we'll do the burn orange lenses and the Godzilla Tron today as well. And then we'll see you back next Tuesday. So Texas had the midweek beatdown of Texas Southern last week to open up that five-game homestand to kind of close out the season. Just an absolute, like, bruising, and, you know, you're playing against a, a team that's far less talented, so you expect that to happen. Thankfully, Texas took care of business. So While hurting their RPI in the process, Gerald. There may be some merit to canceling these midweek games because OU is currently just getting, <laughs> uh, at the time of recording, it is 17 to nothing uh, at the hands of the Wichita State Shockers. Very shocking outcome there. Maybe there there is something to canceling these midweek games. Texas uh, has a chance to not get bit by this. Uh, this week, they're taking on Sam Houston State tomorrow, the day you're listening to this, and then a weekend series, air quotes weekend, to wrap up Kansas for the regular season. Yeah, th- this is an interesting right so kansas uh played had the displeasure of playing tcu last weekend tcu basically they, they i think they were following soccer rules where you uh you win on away goals or uh, or, or total goal scored run scored or something uh, in case of a tie um because they just absolutely like video game demolished ku this past weekend they won 30 to 3 in a baseball game uh as well as 15 to 6 in another um 
KU's not great. They're not going to help the old RPI either. I think they're like 154. Um, but but Texas, if, if they're a team that wants to have a real postseason shot and they're obviously rested, they need to win their, their four final games remaining, like you mentioned, Sam Houston in the midweek and then three uh, over KU. Um, it's a bit out of their hands um, on where they get seated for the Big 12 Conference. Again, uh, Tech with a sweep of of that OU team that didn't do great in the midweek could uh, could jump TCU uh, and, and probably both of them be hosting uh, regionals. Um, Oklahoma State, who got swept uh, previously, uh, plays Baylor. They should be all right there. OU, again, depending on what they can do with uh, against Tech, and then Texas follows those four. So they could, f- they could finish as high as pr- possibly third, but I'm really not betting on a Baylor sweep. Um, but, you know, you kind of got to root for Tech, I guess, to beat OU to jump up to that four spot. <laughs> Either way, if they win all four games and then they, they can do a little damage in Arlington for the Big 12 tournament, they still have an outside chance at hosting a regional. They're currently 18th in RPI. Um, a strong finish and, like I said, a tournament run would do a lot to put that in perspective of the folks who, who make these decisions. Um, you don't want to rely on being 16th uh, and, and getting it uh, just because, you know, it probably would make some voter with something in their craw uh, feel good to, to, to bump Texas out of hosting a regional. But they're, they're there or thereabouts. Um, just take care of business and, and let the chips fall where they may. By virtue of beating West Virginia, what, last weekend, two weeks ago? They own the tiebreaker in conference play. So Texas, if they win the same number of games as West Virginia, will finish ahead of them. If, oh, again, there's a lot of chips that still have to fall here, but TCU is in a position where they're like, we're going to force Texas Tech to have to sweep this weekend in order to to win the conference regular season outright. I think that was what they were. They were out there to prove a point um, because I think TCU owns the... Uh, TCU owns the season series over Texas Tech. So there's a lot, again, the chips are still falling for the conference tournament and there's still a lot of baseball left to be played, but you're absolutely right. Texas at a season that we'll just go ahead and call it. This is not where we thought the season would mm. be. We thought we in May we'd be talking about, we, we thought we would talk about is Texas going to be a one seed? Is Texas going to be, you know, mm-hmm. uh, are they going to have to go on the road until Omaha? Like those are the mm-hmm. conversations we thought we'd be having. And so for Texas to like, you know, they still have a shot at, you know, potentially even, you know, like you said, a three seed in conference. So there's still a lot to play for. Um, and thankfully Kansas is absolutely trash can water at baseball <laughs> this year. But we've said that about the football team and, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, somebody got an Applebee's NIL deal out of it. So uh, Texas also has an opportunity to keep themselves ahead of Texas A&M in the RPI rankings you mentioned. I think Texas currently at 18, A&M at 19. The disrespect for the Aggies is real, and I love it. It, Admittedly, that that is some burn orange bias. Like, Texas A&M, I don't like to praise them in anything, but they're they're a top 10 team. Never. They're a top 10 team right now. They've they've relatively proved it. They, you know, won their Super Bowl, as Texas Twitter like to say, on a Tuesday. And then they really just kind of woke up. Uh, and, And Texas, you know, as we know, you mark from the Tannerwood injury has, has hit the ball well. But anyways, um, yeah, it is it is silly. A&M is the better team. I wouldn't mind seeing them again in the postseason because I think there would be some vengeance wanted there. Um, but either way, Texas just needs to focus on themselves and let all other variables fall away and just win the team directly across from them. And that's, uh, that's their best bet to good stuff in the postseason. And that seems to be like the story for Texas. It's just like do what you can, control what you can, and – 
let's see where the chips fall. And that's been the story this year. That's been the story of Texas baseball this year. So like we said, they've got the weekend series against Kansas, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series that will help uh, determine where Texas falls in line. Other series you want to keep your eye on this weekend, West Virginia hosting Kansas State. So that's what we want to keep our eyes on to see where that shakes out as well. And then obviously OU takes on Texas Tech this weekend. So that's going to be another one. Yeah, I guess, you know, having to cheer for those dirt burglars in Lubbock. And they're playing at home. So like that could be advantageous as we've seen all year. Uh, that Cracker Jack box there in in uh, in the Plains is helpful for them as they play it. So we'll obviously keep you updated. We'll have uh, Big 12 tournament seedings this time next week. And we'll, we'll obviously keep up with all of the goings and comings of the conference tournament. Speaking of conference tournaments and conference winners, let's give some shine to all of the championships that Texas won this weekend and will down the 40. Gerald, I'm a little bit worried about the Texas power grid, the the energy grid with the tower being so lit uh, this month. That thing is never not bathed in orange because of these dang UT sports that keep winning at least conference championships, but we'll take it. All in all, keep adding to that tally uh, total yearly. They're all, all good numbers, filling out every wing of the uh, of the trophy room, not just swimming. ERCOT's going to get mad at us for all of the light they're using in Austin. So let's start with the track. Number one slash number one men's and women's track and field sweeps the Big 12 outdoor title. That makes it a clean sweep of all four track titles this year, indoor and outdoor. Fifth time in school history that that has happened. The ladies won their third straight outdoor title, while the men won back-to-back. Coach Flo now with 11 in four years at the helm for the Longhorns. No, that's it's really incredible um, what Coach Flo has done. He has turned uh, a track program that was good, um, but had some peers and maybe people just kind of consistently better than them, even in conference to a team that has its sights on national hardware. And I think that's pretty amazing what he's done all across. And if you, if you look at these winners, it's, it's, you know, he's a jumping legend, but it's sprints, it's uh field events, it's distance events, you know, it's, it's, um, what I call distance events 400 um it's you know it's a good mix (laughs) of uh uh, of all the way across um and there's a couple people we have to call out who are just absolutely sensational and I mean again talking about the sprints you start with the fact that they swept the 100 200 and 400 both in men's and women's uh that's that's a pretty good day it's absolutely a great day to be a longhorn on the lady side Julian Alfred recorded the third best time in collegiate history in the 100 uh that also broke charlotte gray's 31 year program record she won the final with a 10 8 it was a, a win aided so that didn't necessarily hit the book kennedy flannel uh later set a meet record uh beating her texas record in the 200 the women swept the 400 stacy ann williams got her title again kennedy simon was second and rasa Ad- adaleke was third uh she was there f- won her 
running her first outdoor 400 of the season. Uh, a solid record, one for one. Uh, one. One outdoor run, one medal. Jonathan Jones, the man, the myth, the legend, added to his legacy, winning the 400 meter on the men's side, setting a school record and becoming the first Longhorn to win that event since 2014. Yeah, Jones is incredible. Improved his program record into the six fastest times in program history. I don't want to miss on Kaya Harris, who I think was the top points getter for at least the men's side uh, in this tournament. Uh, won the 100 um, and actually pulled off the double with the 200. Wind dated in the 100, 993, just blistering, but became the first Longhorn to win the 100 since Jamal Charles in 2006. Uh, he completed the sweep in the 200 with a 1972 again. Win aided, but uh, marking the first time a Longhorn has ever won the 100 and 200 sprints at the Big 12 Championship. The, the last time that UT actually swept the two big sprint events was 1977 at the Southwest Conference Championship when one Johnny Lamb Jones, a Longhorn legend who has a myth about his track runs, uh, but in, in 77, long time since they've gotten the big two there on the men's side. We could go on and on, so let's just hit some names. Trip Perry. Won his ninth Big 12 championship, Christine Blazoveka, uh, won her second consecutive heptathlon, uh, breaking into the 6,000-point club with her personal best. Riley Fitz became the fourth Longhorn to win the women's javelin. Half to Knight became the first ever Longhorn to win the men's 10,000, which, again, too many meters. Too many meters. Uh, Yusuf Bismiana won the 800 for the men. Again, too many meters there. Uh, both Isabel Hebner and Yassine Abdallah were runners up in the 5,000 meters. And Sean Statinova was the runners up runner up in the men's discus with a personal best throw there. Just a lot of too many meters, Kyle. It's just just way too many meters. Well, and, and my favorite event in track, the, the, the not too many meters because you break 400 up by four that's about the right distance for me uh the women's four by one uh just men's women's i love the four by one it's a true sprint relay um of julian alfred rasadat adeleke uh, davis and kennedy flanell um one but also beat their own texas record uh 4235 is the fifth fastest time in collegiate history so just some blazing times getting ready for nationals this is a team that looks prime to uh to keep the tower lit maybe bring home like they did in the indoors uh at least one if not why not make it two uh national championships on the track keeping it championship number one rowing won its seventh consecutive big 12 championship sweeping every single stinking race they Road, I guess would be the way to say it. Winning the 11th Big 12 title in program history, getting themselves an automatic berth to the NCAA championship like that was ever in doubt. This is actually the first time in program history after that that they received all 25 of the first place votes to be unanimous number one. So it, we, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that we think this team is just so stinking good, and they are, um, but they are truly rowing at unparalleled heights right now six members of the uh, number one rowing varsity first eight earn all conference honors including a three-timer in our girl friend of the podcast gerald your favorite name to uh pronounce aspa krista Doolidis, as we all say i actually nailed that got their third caitlin nifton and francesca raggy and cox and rachel rain all got their second lisa uh i believe you pronounced this gut flesh which i love and anna jensen got their first uh, all conference honors. I'd have gone with a long. I'd have gone with Gutfleisch, but that's just me. Uh, Ooh, that's good. I like Gutfleisch. <laughs> Uh, the NCAA championships are coming up in just a couple of weeks, May 27th in Sarasota, Florida. Texas should hopefully get some points for the Director's Cup there. Speaking of the chase, 
for a back-to-back Directors' Cup finish. Texas Women's Tennis will do no worse than tied for ninth place in the NCAA Women's Tournament after advancing to the Elite Eight with a win over number 14 Auburn, 4-1. to one. Uh, They'll actually do no worse than tied for fifth place because they... Uh, oh. Yeah, if you're in the elite eight, the four it's, go yeah. one. You tie at the yeah. It's it's uh you know this is this is subtle accounting. My good friend uh, Eric Verbit, you know, noted accountant. He knows how to you know make make the books look right. So um this is this is the good Brett, stuff. Brett is shaking his head. He talked us through this, <laughs> and I still screwed it up. Well, here here's what I'll tell you. You were probably probably focusing on number two Peyton Stearns just dominating as she does. She's now twenty five and one on the season, but also uh pretty much everyone uh won through in the singles uh, including a uh, good friend of the podcast sabina zanilova getting the clincher um so just really good showing for them to head into the elite eight and they look to be peaking at the right time as we've said nothing wrong with getting hot at the right time they're advancing to take on number five virginia a tough matchup in champaign illinois this weekend uh the semifinals will be on saturday championship match presumably if texas goes that far will be on sunday all held in champaign sorry rick flights are expensive out there but texas's 12th appearance as a program in the elite Eight. Number 12 men's tennis unfortunately falls to number five, Michigan, four to two in the round of 16. It was a close one, but Michigan just had the edge this weekend. Yeah, this is the one, Gerald, where they, uh, I guess, would be tied for ninth here. Um, they had some some really good play. They won the number one doubles, which was ranked over you know number nine team over the number 24 team, lost the second, and then lost the doubles point on a tiebreaker. A lot of tiebreakers in this one. In fact, Michigan won all four of them. Cleve Harper and Richard Ciamara each got wins. Uh, Micah Braswell, who was back for his first time since early April, uh, was playing in the number two slot, just didn't look quite himself yet, uh, was beaten by a lower-ranked opponent. That's unfortunate. Uh, PYB, uh, our boy, uh, Pierre, uh, was up big, actually, when he and uh, Rich, uh, uh, Spaziri, Elliot Spaziri, who were both um, the last two Longhorns playing, uh, got an hour lightning delay and then had to finish indoors. Um, and unfortunately for uh, our guy Pierre, he was up big. Then an hour delay and moving indoors immediately went down big, went on a uh, went down 5-0 after match play resumed, and that was where Michigan ultimately clinched. It's a tough one, right? Like a lot of tiebreakers uh, being forced when it's a close match to, to move indoors and then having it go the other team's way. Just uh, at the time when it clinched, Spaziri was in his second tiebreaker, so an unbelievably tight one on the other court. They could have you know, presumably won both of those and moved on. So really tough, heartbreaking way to go out. Um, but a lot of fight for the for the Texas team against uh, you know a good a good Michigan team. Texas finishes the season with an eighteen and eleven record. Eighty two percent of their losses uh, this year came to teams ranked in the top six. All of them were the top fifteen teams. So this is actually the eighth straight year that Texas has at least eighteen wins. Uh, now there's that asterisk of the COVID year, uh, but they finished tied again ninth for Directors Cup purposes. So let's update that spreadsheet, Brett. We'd love to see the numbers there. Number thirteen women's golf advances to the NCAA championship. The thirty. 30- the 30th time in school history, the sixth consecutive for them. Finish uh, as the runners-up in the Albuquerque Regional with all five Texas players advancing in the top 25 
individually. No team had ever recorded a final score below par at that Albuquerque regional. We talked about it on last week's podcast, just the altitude, Tough course. Uh, the way putts go. Yeah. And, and, and they had a little home field advantage. I don't know if Oregon did too, because Oregon set uh, the all time record shooting four under Texas shot one under, which again would have been the all time record. In fact, uh, Georgia who took third shot a, a two over par, which was the record uh, for a weekend uh, at this course in the, uh, the regional round. So um, three really great scores and unfortunately texas got second but fortunately the top four advance so texas moves on championships begin friday may 20th at the Greyhawk golf club in scottsdale keeping it on the links number six men's golf currently sits fifth after the opening round of the norman regional travis vick is pacing the team with a five under 67 tied for third in the individual rankings cole hammer at one under parker cootie even gnome even and pearson cootie at one over yeah and in this one uh, i think there's 13 teams in it the low five actually get so they just need to sit where they are i think they'll they'll improve on this one but sit where they are at the least uh and they'll be moving on but this one has some there's some tough players in the norman regional obviously number one oklahoma but number 18 number 24 number 25 36 37 48 and 50 so texas uh they, they have a little work cut out for them but i think they're going to be all right a streak of 14 consecutive ncaa championship appears as dating back to 2008 the longest active in the ncaa this team has a shot to do it and then finally number 15 softball finishes third in the big 12 championship uh they run rule texas tech uh nine to one after five innings flipping the double Double bird and falling to Oklahoma State uh, six to one in that one. You know, I, I didn't I didn't actually see it live. I caught it on social media and then tuned into the game and, and went back and took a look. And Coach White, I mean, there was one review which was oh, okay. They gave OSU their first run, and then another review in the same inning, thirty seconds after, with te- you know, with like Texas up to bat, uh, basically made. You know, they flipped everything, put OSU back out there, gave them a second run, both runs coming off reviews, um, and he just flipped his lid. And I kind of get it. Um, I think in both cases they were probably the right call, but I get why, as a coach, that's infuriating when you're in, you know, uh, a conference um, game in Oklahoma. It's already hard enough to win those, um, you know, against a really good Oklahoma State team. But that Oklahoma State team actually went on to, to win the tournament. They beat OU, giving them their second loss of the season and I was thinking about that that OU actually you know, after Texas stopped their streak at 40 games it was 38 during the season but 40 games is the third longest ever they had an 11 game win streak after the loss to Texas so it would have been 52 games would have broken the longest streak ever uh, in general at 47 games and they would have finished the regular season as the first ever team to finish undefeated so Texas really got to be the fly uh, in the ointment to OU and so even if they don't do anything super incredible in this run i hope they do um in the postseason they at the very least spoiled ou's chance to be truly uh a legendary team across all sports and have an undefeated regular season and then just for good measure oklahoma state also didn't allow them even be conference champions so if ever there was a time to tag team with oklahoma state this is a good one so texas is going to travel to seattle for the ncaa regionals taking on weaver state lehigh and the number 13 national seed uh, washington who's hosting that regional a little bit but uh, potentially controversial, maybe, that Texas isn't hosting? Yeah, the, the players actually look shocked. I think Coach White, again, man's having a weekend, uh, just, like, stared at the TV screen because now whenever they announce these, you know, it's on it's on TV. And uh, he was, like, just staring in the distance, trying not to 
throw any more birds or anything else. Um, but a lot of you could see players tried to clap and be excited. Uh, but they were 14 in our, our RPI, top 16 in every poll. Um, I, I think you know there was some early season struggles, obviously, and uh, some struggle against the highest end competition um, that ultimately probably led to this. But the, the silver lining, if you can find it, is that the winner, if they were able to get past uh, number 13, Washington, and the rest of the field, um, I think Weber State is a conference champion of their own right um they would go uh, play the number four arkansas region winner again if you assume worst case scenario that that's number 13 and then number four arkansas that still seems better than being a host and then immediately playing ou who's probably going to be very upset that they didn't win their conference title with one of the best teams in history um so you have a better chance of getting further in the tournament without having to play uh, a very angry ou team in the second round um yes i'm just going to go ahead and, and assume that they they dominate their their opening regional but uh, so if there's any silver lining it's that the 16 seed would have had to go immediately against ou and so maybe maybe you miss them for a little while and hope for some more miracles but uh yeah we'll we'll see um go be the underdogs go on the road everyone loves a little seattle 40 degrees cooler than it is uh, in texas right now might be nice to uh have a have a fun weekend in the pacific northwest all right gerald let's take a look at the world through some burnt orange lenses and i think this week we have to start we have to start with a question have you ever eaten raisin canes in the passenger seat of a lamborghini uh, I, I was getting ready to say yes, and then you said that last part. No, I have not. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about when Jordan Addison coming to visit uh, the 40 Acres, uh, hanging out with his guy Bijan, and also the Minister of Culture and and uh, all, all all levels of, of dignitaries around Austin. Um, there was he was pictured at his hotel uh, window with a with a plate of canes, which again, uh, sharp eagle eyed. Users noted is a sponsor of B. John Robinson, uh, and and he was seen later with our beloved number five. So um, hard to say if it was Jameson or I'm kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, th- I think Gerald, what what do you make of all of this? Right, a, a weekend with the the reigning Bolitnikov winner, the, which is the award for the top wide receiver in the country, uh, a chance to to get presumably the number one player you know in the portal. Um, what do you think? Uh, you know, he didn't necessarily get this kind of treatment coming out of high school, so I don't like necessarily blame him for wanting to um, wanting to enjoy the process as much as he can, especially because maybe this will drive up the uh, NIL deals a little bit for him. Uh, Lamborghini Austin did did follow him on multiple social media platforms. If you're that kind of person, <laughs> so but like. This is going to sound weird, and I'll probably people will be in the comments saying things about this, but like Jordan Addison would be a massive addition to, to Texas, and, and I think mm-hmm. Texas, especially, you know, it's going to be like a million degrees when they play Bama, so like you're going to need as many bodies as you can. But if there's one that Texas can like afford to lose, for lack of mm-hmm. a better term, it's at the wide receiver spot because they've already added uh, Isaiah Nayer, they've already added a Jai Hall, they've already added Jaleel Billingsley, a tight end who's kind of playing that mixed pass catcher. Jordan Winnington should hopefully, fingers crossed, be healthy. Then you obviously have Xavier Worthy. You've got Brandon Thompson who ran what a, a, a 10-2, I think, over the weekend uh, to win state champion. He would have won multiple like. Not just 3A, but he would have won 4A as well. He was that fast. Um, so, like, there are options in the wide receiver room. You've got Troy O'Meary. We still don't know what he's going to be. He should be healthy. Mm. So, like, I, I would love to have Jordan Addison. The more horses, the better. We've said it. Sark said it. We need as many sports cars in the garage as we can get. 
But I'm not going to like cry a river if he doesn't come to Texas. Yeah, no, no, I think that's I think that's right. Like if we get him, it's it's an embarrassment of riches, and it's it's interesting to get him. It, it you know now. Uh, running back and then probably receiver is our is our deepest position group, right? So it's you never get mad at that, right? You you take the 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 Ravens are the best team at drafting because they take the best guy on the board. So take the best guy on the board. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree. There there are positions that you know you, you would love to see people come in and instantly be a significant upgrade. And I'm not saying anything about Addison not being that. He's very, very, very good. Works obviously incredibly well with Brennan Marion. Um, that is Texas's probably biggest in. And, and not to mention, you know, Sark just uh, has a reputation. The guys want to play in his offense. So uh, nonetheless, just an interesting thing. Keep an eye on um, decision coming. But there's still some Bama looms heavy. Uh, Lincoln Riley and, you know, maybe offering a wing or two of his house uh, that USC gave him. Um, hopefully not the brisket wing, you know, it looms as well. So interesting. A lot more to come on on this one. Uh, Gerald, something that I don't think I've ever seen or even heard great white tall fishtails uh, about. Uh, missed this one last week, but wanted to get it in the notes this week. Parker Cootie in his pre um, post Big 12 championship pre uh, national tournament just squeeze in another round of golf for the u.s open local qualifier and he got not one but two two holes in one in a single round gerald where do you rank a hole in one on your sports like hardest things to achieve 50 points in basket or no 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 it is 70 points in basketball hole in one four touchdown game like where do, where do you put it on your list Kyle, since I have not successfully gotten a hole in 12 in my adult life, um, a hole in, like a hole in one just seems like it doesn't exist. Like it's one of those like achievements that I'm like, is that even a real thing? Like, is that something that real people do? Like, obviously it happens, but like, even like the PGA pros and obviously the tours, the tour courses are difficult, but like the professional golfers don't hit aces often. It's not a, it's not a regular yeah. occurrence. And so um, I don't know where it would rank, but like, I, I I do not imagine in my wildest dreams. Like I feel like I'm more likely <laughs> to dunk a basketball in my lifetime at, at five foot nine and a half than I am to hit a hole in one. Fair enough. I, I hope you're really working on those calves uh, for either achievement. But all right, uh, there was some some other news to hit uh, in volleyball. A new uh, a new face on the forty acres, but a name that some might recognize. Uh, defensive specialist Kianile Akana transfers from uh, from Nebraska. Excuse me. Um, a big boost for a back row that already added the All American libero Zoe Fleck this offseason. She's the fifth transfer addition uh, in for volleyball this year. But again, they 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 lost a lot for transfers out to seniors uh, moving on to greener, uh, more adult pastures, and all American setter Jenna Gabriel deciding to retire. Uh, from volleyball and focus on mental health. So uh, a lot of change for Coach Jerry at Elliott's team um, and another really good one. 70% of her NCAA record 10 postseason aces from a year ago came against Texas in that upset win. And so if you can't beat them, make them join (laughs) you, right? It's the reverse Kevin Durant. Uh, If you can't beat them, just sign them to your team and eliminate that op. But again, Texas needed some defensive help. They needed um, somebody to, to, like you said, sub in for, for Jenna Gabriel, who will, his name will come up. And then also come to find out, you might hear more of that last name in the coming weeks and months, uh, but not necessarily on the volleyball court. 
That's right. She is the sister of 2023, um, according to Mike, Mike Roach, priority 2023 edge, uh, Tassilia Kana, who's the number three edge uh, player in the nation in the 23 class out of Leahy, Utah. So, uh, you know, never hurts with a little cross-sport uh, recruiting. You know, get the whole family on campus. Saves on saves on flights, you know. Um, just head to Austin. The uh, Gerald, I thought when you were saying, uh, I thought you were making a volleyball uh, pun when you were saying the opposite of Kevin Durant. I thought you were saying because uh, she's a defensive specialist, she was going to get low. Um, that's mm. a joke about Kevin Durant and substance. Anyway, uh, Jimmy Sh- uh, Jilly Shimkin called up for the US U20 Costa Rica friendlies. Uh, they basically, uh, she was an alternate in the U20 World or, uh, uh, CONCACAF uh, Cup and uh, they, they called her up for, uh, for this one. So really exciting to see more Longhorns representing their country, and, and speaking of Longhorns representing uh, their country, they did get a uh, a win. I meant to give this this update uh, on Twitter, but they got a win in their opening three on three basketball trial. There were sixteen teams invited. Uh, Texas, because of their success, had a few there. A couple coaches, uh, four players, and actually uh, five because uh, one of the non collegiate teams, select teams, featured Joanne Allen Taylor. So they were hanging out even though she was on a different team. But in the three on three, U.S a basketball and this is basically the trial ground for the national team texas had a good showing beating north carolina in the first round um and hanging tough in the in their second round uh but you know who knows maybe we'll see rory Harmon lighting it up in the three-on-three olympic team gerald i uh keeping it basketball uh we saw the final uh, landing spot of trey mitchell formerly uh half a season at ut um it kind of sat out second half of the season from the team uh, after transferring from UMass. Uh, so we will be seeing more Trey Mitchell, and I just assume Bob Huggins will get him real motivated to score like 26 against Texas next year. And speaking of scoring a lot against Texas next year, <laughs> now I hope our defense... Awkward transition. <laughs> I hope our defense does incredibly well against uh, reigning Heisman winner Alabama cornerback Bryce Young. But the Bama game was officially announced on Fox. We've speculated for a while that that, that would be the case um, and what that likely means, uh, especially because there's very likely to be a Major League Baseball playoff game that day, is that that will be the big noon Saturday game. So it does mean you get Gus Johnson. That's your plus. Any negatives spring to mind? I'm going to call him friend of the podcast because he follows us, but former Texas defensive standout Cedric Reed uh, said that cleats melt on the turf when it's that hot that they will likely have to change their cleats at halftime because it's so hot. Average temperature in Austin, first or second weekend of September, 92 degrees. Been on turf in 90 degree heat. It is just absolutely miserable. So, um, but on the plus side, we'll get it out of the way quickly. I liked both your tweet and the replies to it that the the upside is you you don't have to worry all day because it's early and also you can... uh, um, if you win, you have all day to be petty on Twitter. And someone said uh, in, in the response, if they win, they'll have till 7 p.m. to wake up from being blackout. Um, no, it's uh, I hope everyone celebrates a win. Uh, I hope it's a really good game. We'll see what happens. It will be a good one to be at no matter the temperature, but stay hydrated out there, folks. Maybe bring some, uh, some bucket hats, some cooling towels, everything you can, because I was at that Louisiana game last year. That was the hottest place on earth. Final one for Bruno Orange Lenses, the AT&T Byron Nelson concluded um, a very sad finish for hometown 
course, hometown kid Jordan Spieth. He had a great 5-under on the final round to be 25-under for the weekend, but uh, K.H. Lee had a 9-under in the fourth round, came soaring to steal it by one stroke from poor Jordan Spieth. He still got like millions of dollars. But um, <laughs> the, the notable thing was an absolutely atrocious, atrocious showing for Scotty Scheffler, tied for 15th. Just what is the guy doing not winning tournaments? I'm kidding, of course. You can't win everything, but it was cool, and I was looking him up that I I noticed uh, just a a couple spots down, another Longhorn in the top 20, friend of the podcast, former Texas Cowboy, Bo Hostler, also finished in the top 20. So hook him all over at the AT&T. Byron Nelson. Gerald, let's keep it rolling. What are you watching on your giant screen? Time for a little Godzilla-tron. Didn't do a ton of watching this week. Uh, the weather is getting like it's getting hot in everywhere, but it's it was in the 90s this weekend uh, in Oklahoma. And my son just wanted to be outside, and so he uh, he's five and he's just old enough to start helping me mow the lawn. And it's just free labor. Come on, Jesus! Uh, You're winning the dad awards, man. I'm loving it. So I didn't watch a, a, a ton. I kind of updated the shows I've updated last week. So I was going to ask. Gerald, are you? Would you consider yourself a completionist when it comes to TV shows or, or I, sagas? I yeah, I, I kind of feel I am as well. What What's your like bar for how bad it has to be before you won't like force yourself to finish something? So when you get that low, you start to hate watch just to see what it is. <laughs> sure. So like I. I'm I'm fine with being it being good or bad. Don't be like just nothing. Don't mm. don't be a five out of ten. Mm. Like just be something. Like we watched Once Upon a Time, which was so bad it was good, right? Like it was just terrible. Fair enough. Like melodrama with Disney characters, but not really Disney characters. Like that was bad, and we watched it because it was dumb, and we can make fun of it, right? But like if you're middle of the road, I don't want to see you. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I absolutely identify with with that. Um, I find myself in a weird place where I am obviously a completionist. I like to just finish the thing I started, go through. But I also get this weird pang. I, I noticed it um, again this week with Better Call Saul. I just didn't want to put it on because I only have like five episodes left. And I don't want to be done. Like I, I don't – there's something about when you really enjoy something and it's good and you're like, oh, man, it's going to be done. And if I want to start over, I really got to invest again and start over. And I don't know when exactly that will be because I'm not the world's biggest rewatcher. Um, so I, I find myself always in that weird zone of I'm a for sure completionist, but not necessarily a rewatcher. So there is that angst when you get to the end. It's tough. Like it, it is. Um, I just finished a book series that I have the same feeling. I'm like, what do I what do I do now? Like, do I want to like, I don't want to read all six of these books again. But like also like what do I what do I do? Like it's been a decade. I've been reading these books. I don't know what to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. The same uh, amount of time that George R. R. Martin has been working on the the, the next chapter of his next book. But anyways, uh, I, he's got pages, Kyle. He's got pages. I'm sure that folks are feeling the same way with this podcast, Gerald. As this has been wonderful in there. Let's wrap it up then, Kyle. <laughs> bang the drum. Brought to you by Joe Ruiz. What are you banging the drum on this week? Uh, Gerald, I, I I think I am going to bang the drum on uh, speed. There were a lot of Longhorns represented. I mean, if you're not following Danny Davis on Twitter, there's a lot of folks. Mike Roach was at the state track meet updating. Coach Zajcek was there giving me live text of Texas commits and, and uh, potential uh, commits, what they were looking like and how they were running and how they looked up close and uh, uh, multiple of the statesmen folks covering it. But uh, the Texas State... Uh, high school state track meet was going on and there was a lot of longhorns a lot of longhorn track commits there was a couple of races where 
state one two three uh where all ut commits uh there was some distance runner the first school gold medal uh the track commits i love seeing all of those there's one name that everyone kind of got locked on because you you combine things that that we all like right like ricky bobby we love going fast um, and we love Texas football, even if it doesn't love us back. Um, but the commits uh, who, who, who are Texas football commits are always um, the, the most probably uh, sought uh, at these events. And uh, one person who absolutely did not uh, disappoint and also um, inspired my favorite statesman uh, tweet uh, teaser in a long time when uh, they said... Uh, <laughs> Cedric did uh, Cedric Golden did the thing that no runner could do all weekend he caught up with Brendan Thompson um, (laughs) which is just good dad journalism Uh, but Brendan Thompson is fast like lightning fast like win the hundred in as Gerald mentioned like 3A 4A 5A 6A speed fast 10 2 fast win the hundred with with dudes on the the, the curve before you uh in a race that only has one curve uh just just he, he's lightning fast and it got me thinking you know i have a good buddy who is married to a wonderful woman who if he squint looks a bit like the woman he dated in college and that's just fine i'll use no names here another buddy who i not once but twice almost mistakenly called uh his new girlfriend his ex-girlfriend's name because i didn't realize they had broken up and he got the same version it's okay to have a type that is perfectly okay, and Sark's got a type. He likes them fast. He likes them tall. Yeah, that's great. Short. That's okay. Uh, you know, good hands. Hopefully, is a part of the type. But he likes them fast. And uh, as we talked about that receiver room and a potential additions and just all the uh, all the things we've talked about this many times in the podcast. But it's always fun just to reiterate. I would like Gerald for us to figure out a way to work our magic on SID John uh, Bianco yeah, okay. and sponsor the Longhorn Republic barefoot on the grass 100-yard race <laughs> between Texas football players brought to you by uh, Longhorn Republic and the Burn Orange Nation. Uh, I, I feel like this would be a hit. I feel like you could stream this on the Longhorn Network, I feel like people would tune in because uh, I believe uh, in one of his town halls, Del Conte mentioned uh, who the fastest guys on uh, on, on campus would be um, and mentioned Brendan Thompson as well, but some of the guys on campus. And, and yes, that was great for them, but also there was about six different players who tweeted out Cap because they instantly uh, assumed they are that guy. And I just love it. <laughs> I love it that that is even a thing we could talk about. But how much would you love the foot race and it has to be old school you got to do it barefoot on the grass and you gotta you gotta race line them up on the on the uh one goal line run to the other so i'm banging the drum this week on a little bit of a different rhythm we mentioned earlier jenna gabriel uh announced back in january that she was leaving the the volleyball team to focus on her mental health you know she had an extra year of eligibility due to covid um but she decided not to uh just because of the toll that that being a student athlete was taking on her she released this last week kind of a five minute video of her reading a letter that she wrote kind of explaining her journey and what she was going through and she talked about taking advantage of the mental health services on campus uh, that are available behavior health services that are available to athletes on campus uh, and just the the stigma that's around those things and she 
mentioned in there that like I was worried that people were going to think I was weak and I was worried that people were going to think uh, less of me. I'm a leader on the team. I'm a vocal leader. What if they knew? What if they knew? And as somebody who has been through two stints of therapy um, and counseling, I just want to say like that there's nothing further from the truth. And to be completely honest with you, if you think less of me because of that, I think less of you because you think less of me. I am a better husband, a better father, a better man, all of those things because of the work that I've done. I, I'm a better person because of the work that I've done uh, through that. And, and we we focus so much on the physical health. And there have been such crazy conversations about Ben Simmons and the NBA and his mental health. And I even go back to like Ricky Williams, who was very much struggling with mental health. And we tagged him with the C word, crazy. We called him crazy. We talked about Ron Artest and called him crazy. Dude very clearly had mental health issues. And the list goes on and on and on and on of athletes that we've dubbed crazy or something's wrong or they don't love the game enough because we forget that they're just regular freaking people that have stuff they go through stuff we're all going through stuff and honestly if you haven't had some weird mental health issues over the last two to three ish years i'm worried about you a lot of heavy stuff has happened it's okay to not be okay it's just not okay to stay that way Whatever you got to do, get some help because I am glad you're here. Kyle is glad you're here. We are glad you're here. The world is better to have you and get the help that you need. We love you. We care about you. And we love you not because you're a Longhorn fan or a Longhorn player. We love you because everyone deserves to be loved and, and to be loved for who they are exactly. And you don't have to change it. You don't have to change that to be anyone, uh, warts and all. Uh, we love you guys um, and gals and everyone who listens to this podcast uh your friends we say friends of the pod and we mean it thank you all for listening and thank you uh for being you that's all we've got for you this week kyle where can good folks find you on the internet oh you can follow me on twitter at kyle corbin you can also follow the texas pregamer at texas pregamer follow me on twitter i am at gh goodridge follow the show on twitter at longhorn pod facebook and instagram the longhorn republic or shoot us an email longhorn republic pod at gmail.com thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time hook up hook up oh you fans will now be known as the booty brigade